Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. When two Division I athletes discuss the challenges and successes of navigating life after competing, you get conversations designed by athletes for athletes. I'm Don Sutton. And I'm Brooke Beerhouse, sharing with the athletic community stories and insights to better understand life when your sport ends. Hello and welcome to When Your Sport Ends, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Thank you for joining us today and being a part of this narrative in every athlete's journey. I'm Brooke Beerhouse, alongside my insightful co-host, Don Sutton, as we dive deep into a topic that many athletes struggle to discuss, and that is the transition into life after sports. Before getting into our discussion today with our guest, Lisa Benetton, we want to give a shout out and share a new review on Stitcher from our listener who goes by the username JZ3. They said, I was a student athlete till my sophomore year, and I always felt like a failure for quitting. Not only do Brooke and Don have great guests on the show, but they give the topic a deeper insight than it usually discussed. Thank y'all for facilitating the dialogue. Keep it up. Thank you, JZ3. We appreciate you, and we appreciate the feedback. We really do. And if you want to let us know how we're doing, leave us a rating and review. You can leave it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. We may share it on the next episode. We honestly love hearing your thoughts on the type of content you want to hear and you want us to discuss. Last week, we talked about tracking workouts after your sport ends. We focused on the way the app Strava sparked a discussion between Don and I with how we view tracking and sharing our workouts now. It's been a popular episode, so we'll be diving back into that topic later on. But on this week's episode, we have a conversation that I think many of our listeners will find inspiring and thought-provoking. Our guest, Lisa Benetton is a former Penn State track and field and cross-country athlete, journalist, and law student who will be spending her last year of law school at Georgetown Law. She will be studying national security law. You can follow Lisa on Instagram handle at Lisa underscore Benetton. That's B-E-N-N-A-T-A-N. She also has a podcast called Believe in College Track and Field, that you can listen to for all the latest track and field news updates. It's a really, really good interview and I'm excited. So let's get right into it. I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, so, nice. Thanks. Yeah, I'm working as a law clerk for the U.S. Olympics um, oh, awesome. for the summer. Yeah, thanks. It's been really fun. Um, but yeah, so I moved to D.C. in August, which I'm really excited about. So has there been a lot of uh, foot traffic into the athletic facility, the Olympic Training Center? Um, Not really. I think mm -hmm. they're like just starting to open up. I've only been into the office once. Um, and now that now they're like allowing like 50% capacity, um, but no one's really going in yet. But I think it'll kind of like gradually start to go. 
Very cool. Yeah. Have you been getting some good runs in, I would assume? Yeah. Okay. So it definitely has motivated me to like get back into shape. Um, yeah. Um, and lots of hikes and walks too, if I'm too lazy. And um, yeah, but it's like a dream for a runner. We were just talking before, Don and I, before we knew each other too, we've both had um, time working in DC and we wanted to hear about if you had your favorite runs and see if any of those were oh. the same on our end. Like, well, I you guys walked- should um, give me some recs because I've never, I've really only visited once, so I have oh, no okay. idea what I'm getting into. Yeah. Oh, ah, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, what was your done? You had well, I, I used to like running around the Washington Monument, uh, that whole area, so nice. and they have a lot of bike trails. Okay, uh, bike and hike trails. Uh, one time, I don't know if you how familiar you are, but I was actually able. I was living in uh, outside of Silver Spring in a place called Rockville, and mm-hmm. I was actually able to bike to the national monuments and uh, the national zoo from there. It was a long bike ride. But yeah, wow. it, but yeah, they have. And then the national park there is really good too. So I highly okay. recommend it. I'm a big okay. trail running kind of guy. Um, if you okay. like swimming too, there's a pool that I used to swim at. I forget what the pool is called, but okay. uh, you just early in the morning, is you touch the wall and you just see the Washington Monument. It, so it cool. was so wow. cool. It was, it was very cool. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> so is it going to be your first year at Georgetown? Oh, yeah. Or? So sorry. It's probably a bit confusing. I spent mm-hmm. my first two years of law school at Boston College in Boston. Oh. So yeah, oh, and I'm okay. spending my last year of law school um, in D.C. So yeah, so I'm coming from Boston to Colorado Springs to D.C. Okay, nice. cool. All right. Yeah. What brought the initial um, move to to Georgetown or like what, why did yeah. you? It's like, it all really just like came together so quickly. So I was working at, um, CNN in the spring, um, in New York while also in law school, that was a mess. Um, oh, <laughs> but, um, and I was trying to figure out a way where I could continue working there in their DC office. Um, in the fall, preferably because of like the presidential election, Um, and I know that they had like other internships that I thought would be a great opportunity for me. And also with that, like national security was a big topic throughout my internship there. Like it kept kind of coming up and I felt like it would be a great opportunity to kind of get a specialization in there. And so I was like, okay, how do I get myself to DC in the fall so I can also work at like a big news organization Um, and stay in law school. And I didn't want to do that commute from Boston (laughs) to DC because that's just a nightmare. And, um, doing the commute from Boston to New York once a week in the spring, um, definitely was not fun. (laughs) So I was like, maybe I can switch law schools. I mean, I, I want to circle back to, uh, national security said that it keeps popping up. How how did that keep popping up? And then also, uh, how did you find yourself in Colorado Springs? I don't. I imagine. I mean, you have the Air Force close to there, but uh, you you said you're working at the Olympic Center, right? Uh, yeah. What what? How did that kind of process pop up? <laughs> yeah, it it all seems super random now. Um, but 
uh, to answer your first question, um, when I was at CNN, like obviously the coronavirus is all national security, election interference, um, terrorism. Um, it really felt like it was such a topic that um, was always um, was always relevant. So I really felt like that was something that I wanted to pursue. Um, and then as far as the Olympic um, committee working here in Colorado Springs, um, I wanted to get more legal experience um, in the summer, like while I can. Um, and so I applied to a bunch of different things and I got this and was like, okay. <laughs> like I felt like it was just such a great opportunity. Like there was no way I could turn it down. Also, it was going to be an Olympic year. So um, at the time, too, that was like big. But honestly, it's been even more interesting now, now that it's pushed back a year, because there's been such an influx of legal work for their lawyers there who I'm working for, um, because having to push back everything and like athlete complaints and figuring out the procedures of everything has Mm. been really intense. Um, So, yeah, so that's what brought me here. And it's definitely different than Colorado Springs is definitely different than every other place I've been to. Um, but it's really, really pretty. So that's definitely a perk. What a perfect correlation though. If you're willing to talk about this part, I would be so interested. And I don't know if you have, if you're processing it right now, or if you can just tell us like where you're at in this transition, Mm -hmm. but in my, and as speaking personally, I feel like if I was at the, you know, in Colorado Springs right now with all these athletes, either like training or other people in the, like in their sport, has that brought any, I don't know, reflection or hardships into your process of, of not competing at the collegiate level? And I mean, I also don't know if you're competing or training for mm-hmm. other races right now. So please correct me if I'm wrong in like saying anything that if you're still competing, mm-hmm. but just that transition out of, you know, athletic identity? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm definitely retired. Um, okay. So I'll set that clear. Um, <laughs> I think not necessarily, I haven't really thought about like the athletes as much, um, maybe because I'm not, because of the coronavirus, like I'm not really interacting as much um, with them in the training center and stuff. Right. Um but I think maybe being in an atmosphere where everyone is like such outdoorsy runners and like um, other type of athletes that it's definitely pushed me to like um, exercise a little bit more than I normally would when I was like living in um, New York or something like that. But um other than that, I haven't really thought about it, although now I am. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Sparking it back in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it is a really, um, it's just such a fine line sometimes whenever I, I'm thinking about with stories and stuff as a journalist, sometimes I feel almost like my competition side comes out or like my ego or something if I'm interviewing athletes because mm-hmm. I'm not in that anymore. And so part of me is like, oh man, like I wish I was the one being interviewed or I don't know. It's a weird thing that comes out. I totally know what you mean. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I worked at um, NBC Sports in the fall and even interviewing like the um, Patriots players in their locker room, like it 
not that my experience was anything like theirs. Um, but it still like brings you back and you're like, oh, I like remember being in the locker room and like, you know, when practice and racing was like your life and it definitely brings you back, but doesn't necessarily want, make me want to make me want, um, to go back most of the time. Wait, I got a quick side, um, question to ask you. Did you get to see the new, the, so the new studio for NBC sports and NBC, um, that they were doing, I was there in November and it was like, gonna be ready to open in December or something there. Yeah. Oh my God. Why were you there? Uh, I had an interview for a position there that it didn't work out, but I, you know, loved the team there and everything. And yeah, I think it wasn't quite the right fit for me, but I did really like the the studio and the team and they're doing great stuff. So, well, it's probably good because I know that they're like, um, at least now they're shut down. I, I don't know about their news part, but at least the sports part is, um, but yeah. yeah, it was, their office was like something that the new one, like even when I, in, I think I interviewed in like August or something and it was mm-hmm. like definitely a thing. He was like, my boss at the time was like, we're going to be in this new facility. It's going to look amazing. And then it kind of just like, he's like, we're going to be there next month. And then it was just like each month was kind of like getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And I think they finally moved in like February or something. I'm loving this weird little intersections that we're having. This is I know it's like (laughs) way too many. I feel like I've definitely crossed paths with you. Who knows? Honestly, Um, well, you ran at Iowa, yeah, Yeah, right? I did. Yeah, you know, it was so it was for from 2015. Let's see, wait a second, 2011 to um, 2013. Oh, I think I just missed you. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was telling Don too, I was like, I hate when my times and stuff from college years weren't very good. Like, I feel like I did better in high school. I just did not succeed and excel like I wanted to. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh man, I hope people don't judge me for these times. Oh my gosh. If anyone's judging you, they're not worth Uh, your your time. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. It was funny though. Cause we always, you know, with our guests, we have to look up and just know like things behind like what they you know what they did and then what they're doing and I'm sure you've realized by now Don and I are more interested in the person and so Mm -hmm. you know we could look at times we look at stats and stuff but at the same time we're like okay well what are they doing now like what are they focused on what are their passions and um it's so cool to be able to have a space here with you know with believe being able to have this show and um you know we wanted to hear about your show too because you have a podcast yeah. with the Believe Network. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I'm super excited about it. It's called Believe in College Track and Field. Um, so definitely focuses on basically all things that are happening in college track and field. Um, yeah, so I've only done one episode so far. I have another one coming out, um, depending how motivated I am, probably tomorrow or the next day. Um nice. But yeah, it's been really, really exciting so far. And I'm really glad I've been able to do it. Even with no racing, there's still, I feel like, a lot to talk about. Um, so yeah, it's been great. That's interesting. Because uh, just a little bit ago, you said you hadn't really thought about running or competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. But you're starting, a, you're starting this. Uh, I know. You're starting this podcast about track and field uh mm-hmm. you want to dive in a little bit about that as far as where the differences really come in yeah um that's it's really interesting because I felt like I definitely 
wanted to move away and like move on from the sport when I graduated in 2018. Like I was really excited to be able to like put all that dedication and, you know, like hard work and um, commitment that I had put to running to like take that away and fully put it to something else. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I was probably a little bit worried that like I wasn't going to be able to fully move on and like felt like I was maybe worried that I was still going to feel like I had to run X amount of um, miles a day or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, so I was really, really excited when I was able to move on and like not have to not feel like I had to run every day, like really just running how I felt or like if I like, usually, honestly, I run like five minutes in the morning or something and then like 10 minutes in the afternoon. So I was really, really excited, um, to move on. And now I think it's been enough time where like, I'm able to still be interested, like I'm Sorry, let me back up. I'm still definitely interested in the sport of college track and field, just not like me running it, you know, like mm-hmm. gotcha. more as a fan now than I was yeah. as an actual athlete. So yeah, but it definitely has been interesting, like talking to other track and field athletes now, it definitely um, brings me back again. That's amazing. I feel like uh, you you see people who are, at one with their uh, careers and definitely on the side of you where it's like, I'm a fan, I'm obsessed with the sport and I want to see how it progresses. And then I feel like there are the people we've had previous conversations with people who are like, I need to be in the field. I feel like I can make that tackle or I can, you know, get back Uh in the pool or run. Um, What do you think was really your defining moment that, allowed you to really become that fan it's so early on honestly some people it takes about 10 years 15 years and it seems like you're so comfortable right off the bat yeah I definitely think I I feel like I was ready especially like that last maybe my, my last like couple months um I just got I continued to get more and more excited about like my career and my future. And I was applying to law school throughout my last year. So, um, and I felt like running wasn't necessarily like holding me back, but it wasn't allowing me to like fully commit to, um, being a lawyer or being a journalist. Like I definitely felt like, um, I had to prioritize running. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And then maybe as a defining moment, I guess this moment kind of stands out to me. So I'll share it with you. Um, I, so I finished the big 10 championships and like my last race was a dud. Like it was just a joke, um, which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and I had decided to do one last race. I have dual, dual citizenship. So I'm originally from France. So, um, nice. there was a France championship, like the France nationals, basically French nationals in July. So I was going to run the steeplechase there following my last season. And that like extra month of training was just so hard because I was so unmotivated. Like I really didn't want to go out for a run or work out every day. And then I went to France and (laughs) the World Cup um, was going on that same summer and France made it to the finals. And the game was supposed to be the same exact time as my steeplechase race. And I remember being like, 
this is a perfect excuse. I'm not freaking running that race. And so I didn't do it. And honestly, I felt like that for me was just like a sign of how over it I was and like how much I wasn't into it anymore and just really wanted to move on um, with my life. I think my dad was a little bit upset with the, because he had to buy a plane ticket and everything, (laughs) but I was a very happy girl. Yeah. I mean, thank God they won too. Right. (laughs) Yeah, That would have been, I feel like I probably made it up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. There was definitely like a feeling in my heart where I was like, please freaking win. Cause I missed my last race for this. But that's neat. So you've been, have you found yourself really being able to redirect that I always use quote unquote runner energy because I know we are all very high energy, the distance runners in particular. So yeah, driven and um, for sure. Yeah. Have you been able Um, to do that with law and with journalism or do you find yourself also putting that energy into other projects or passions? mm -hmm. I think that's a great question. And I'm really happy to say that I feel like the answer is 100% yes. And it makes me really grateful for my experience as an athlete. And I'm sure you guys can relate because you have so much experience, like working really hard, being fully committed to something, being fully um, or having so much drive for something. And for me, it was so transferable into my role as a journalist and being a law student, um, being able to like study for however long um, and being able to like manage both like a internship at CNN in New York and being in law school at Boston um, in that time management. Um, And then also, I think like having that belief in yourself to like, um, keep going and not give up and all those cliches, um, was so transferable to me. And it makes me really happy to say that. It's funny because it sounds like a lot of athletes, when they finish, they start diving into multiple things. Yeah, At least that's what I've seen as far as the pattern goes. And it's really funny because as an athlete, you seem to be focused entirely on your sport, right? But secretly, you're training to do a lot of things because you're also going to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you foresee yourself? Um, how, how do you foresee yourself expanding upon what you've the foundation you've laid so far? And where where do you think you ideally you want to go? Yeah, I feel like that's so true as to what you said. Like, um, we're so used to being like students and athletes. So, mm-hmm. like, while we're like definitely although the school probably wouldn't like to know this, but we like <laughs> definitely prioritize our athletics Yeah, a lot of times. Um, we're also like trained to do something outside of the 40 hours a week that we're putting, putting into athletics. So then like, I think that um, it makes it easier for us to have like 40 hour a week jobs and then kind of be like, okay, what else, you know? Um, yeah. And then as far as like where I want to end up, I think that chapter is still unwritten, but yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited. I think I, I, I'm graduating in May um, from, and I think I'll either end up in Washington, D.C. or in New York because those are just my favorite cities that I've been in so far. Um, and as, I don't really know what I'll, what I'll be doing yet, but I'll definitely come back and let you know. <laughs> awesome. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I think just honestly, our, our last question that we love ending on, and it's different for everyone, is just knowing what you know now as you know an athlete and just a human being, what would you tell someone who's in college athletics at the moment um, and they're you know navigating this student-athlete time and thinking about what they're going to do after graduation and that whole experience? Yes. Good question. I think the most important thing is to believe in yourself, among other things, but definitely believing in yourself and um, not giving up because if you don't believe yourself in yourself, you're not even going to try. Um, and you can't always expect like other people to see your crazy dreams and visions and stuff. So continue to believe in yourself, whether that's your sport or your life outside of sport, um, and keep pushing for what you want and you'll get it. And hard work pays off. It might not pay off tomorrow or the next year or the next day or whatever, but I think eventually it pays off in some form. One of my favorite accessories when I'm traveling and working abroad is my Skyrim Solis. But lately, I haven't been traveling. Is that that orange puck you've been using on our road trips? Yes, that orange puck is actually a Wi-Fi hotspot. And it allows for me to get my work done and have Wi-Fi even when we're in some sketchy service area. The Skyrim Solis and Skyrim Accessories are all 20% off when you use the code ROMEWITHBROOK at skyrom.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.